you shouldn't be surprised to know that there's about three pages of results when you search for Christmas Story Leg Lamp on Amazon.com. Get the best deals on everything you need, and don't worry, because they pack things well if they're fragile. And as always, you help support Rob as a podcast when you start your shopping at robhasawebsite.com slash Amazon. Coming to you live from the front window of Higby's Department Store, it's Rob Has a Christmas Story Podcast. And now, uh, here's the guy who will not ever shoot your eye out with a podcast or earbuds, Rob Sisternino. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our It's a Holiday Movie Tradition. Here I am. It's that time of year, and we are going to be talking about a a hall, an all-time classic holiday film, uh, just like we did last year. And here with me to join me is Ian Terry. Ian, how are you? Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. It's been a while. Uh, don't think uh, I've been on since the days of Super Ian. So, really? It's been uh, really. I don't. Even, we haven't even talked to you since the Big Brother finale. I no, there wasn't even a Big Brother finale cast. I think the last one was at Final Four. Oh my God! Yeah, well, that yeah. was it. Was the Big Brother finale and the Survivor premiere on the yep. on the same day? And right. Then... I think I had like a test or something. <laughs> yeah, it was very crazy. Uh, all right, but it was. Ian, how are you doing? Any exciting updates in your life? Uh, well, I'm done with school, uh, undergraduate anyway. So graduated this semester. Uh, finally got that 4.0 down in the books. Uh, and I moved back home, so I'm, uh, living like, uh, I, I don't know, maybe a poor man's Eric Stein or a rich man's Eric Stein. <laughs> I think it would be hard to be the poor man's Eric Stein. I, I would oh. find it hard to imagine what the poor man's Eric Stein would actually, uh, what that would consist of. <laughs> um, I don't know. I probably desperately clinging on to whoopee uh <laughs> while crying yourself to sleep or something like that i don't know i think so all right <laughs> so uh last year you and i got together and we talked about the uh holiday movie classic home alone and yes. it was very well received and and we said okay well we should keep this going and we should do another holiday movie cast in 2013 and so I pushed for a Christmas story. I feel like it's uh it's become quite ubiquitous over the years. I think that TBS now runs 24 hours of a Christmas story starting on Christmas Eve and they run it over and over and over again. And so I felt like uh it was a good spot to do Christmas story. You know, I definitely agree with that. It is a holiday classic. And about that thing where it goes 24 hours, uh, I'll actually admit up until preparing for this podcast i'd never actually seen the movie the whole way through what what would happen is on christmas we would put it on on the tv and i would just end up catching the same parts over and over again yeah so i'd only seen a few select parts but never the whole thing yeah it's almost become sort of like the yule log where it's sort of just on in the background (laughs) and very few people are actually sitting and watching it through uh, in the way that we did to prepare for this podcast. So I think maybe we're going to have some interesting <laughs> discoveries. Yeah, about no, the film. It, it definitely makes a lot more sense now that I actually have uh, have seen the entire thing. 
Yeah. Although there are a lot of things in the movie that really make no sense. So I'm going to be glad to discuss those as well. Good, good. We'll, t- we'll talk about it all. Yeah, Christmas Story has really become, a b- there's a lot of merchandising. There is a Christmas Story museum of the house that it was in. Uh, there are actual theaters that play a Christmas Story this time of year. So it's really taken on a uh, complete life of its own. Uh, uh, definitely. I mean, I remember when I was younger seeing the uh, the lamp was available in stores as well as the uh, sure. Red Rider BB gun. Sure. So, yeah, it's really uh, taken on a life of its own. So I guess we're going to start off just talking about some some themes of the film, and then we'll talk about some of the uh, – we'll go through it and sort of talk about some of the interesting moments. And, of course, we have a lot of questions from you guys here on the Christmas Story podcast. Um, let me just – let me start here. This is what sort of struck me watching the film – should Ralphie have a BB gun? Well, let's see. He's eight years old, <laughs> and right. I think I got my first one when I was about... You had a BB gun? I did have a BB gun. Uh, and then the police came and took them away. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, why did the police come and take your BB gun away? Well, apparently in my township, it's illegal to even have anything that shoots that isn't for hunting uh it was some weird like law that nobody in our neighborhood knew about so it was like a big fad for about two weeks that we'd have these bb guns and just shoot cans in the woods and then uh somehow some neighbors saw bb on their lawn and they freaked out called the police and then uh we never saw the bb guns again wow yeah Yeah. did anybody say that you were going to shoot your eye out that came up many times. I mean, it's the classic, uh, I don't want my child to have one of these type of thing. Mm-hmm. So sure. I never shot my eye out, but I will say what would uh, hurt like hell is whenever someone would get shot in the earlobe. Yeah. Like that was, that was the money shot. That's where <laughs> you wanted to, that's where you wanted to hit someone if you really wanted to hurt them. Wow. That seems like a, a very small target to hit. You know, surprisingly, I remember being shot in the earlobe several times, and it stings for a good five minutes. It's terrible. <laughs> it's probably for the better that we got those BB guns taken away. It was just a, a terrible two weeks in my neighborhood where you had to, like, walk down the street in fear. Yeah. All right, so let's go, let's get back to Ralphie here. Uh, should <laughs> – Yeah. Which side of the argument are you on? Ralphie should have a BB gun or Ralphie should not have a BB gun? Ralphie should – not have a BB gun. And my main argument is that he'll shoot his eye out. <laughs> yeah. That is my only argument. Considering he shot himself in the face within owning the gun for five minutes. Less than that. I mean, I think <laughs> it was the very first shot he ever took. He almost shoots his eye out. And, I mean, that seemed to be just like every character in the whole movie, except for Ralphie, agrees with me. Like, <laughs> he's going to shoot his eye out. Every single character. Right. Um, Ralphie also does not demonstrate a lot of responsibility or seem like the kind of person that should have a gun. Um, First off, Ralphie seems uh, a step slow, would you say? I mean, he seems a step slow, but I'm... (laughs) I actually think that's par for, of course, for every single child in the entire movie. <laughs> I mean, they all seem incredibly dumb. <laughs> I noticed that their class is like 80-some percent male. Like, there's two girls in their entire class. Um, so that might have something to do with it. But 
the, every single kid in the movie seems a little bit, uh, a little bit slow. Ralphie also seems to demonstrate some anger management issues. Would you say is that fair? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's probably a good call. Uh, most eight-year-olds, though, probably throw tantrums regularly, right? So uh, I'd say it's pretty bad, but no more no more pronounced than any other eight-year-old. Uh, the scene where he basically explodes and beats up the bully, though. I mean, so oh. he, he got, he got what did he get, a C-plus on his paper, and then that causes him to go berserk and just, uh, you know, beat the living crap out of the bully? Well, I mean... Yeah, that, I guess that's a good point. And, I mean, he really wasn't stopping. But one thing I noticed is that the bully, uh, what's his name? like Scott Farkas. Scott Farkas or whatever? <laughs> Not Scott, yeah. Scott. No, I, don't, I don't even know. But um, S-C-U-T, well, it's spelled on IMDb. Oh, okay, okay. So his face is, like, completely bloodied. But uh Ralphie isn't even hitting him anywhere near his face and it's kind of like these weird swat motion things. Yeah. I mean we can discuss the fight later but yeah I mean the kid's crazy. It's a brutal a brutal beating. Also and I have a lot to say about the C plus as well. <laughs> okay. And uh, Ralphie also demonstrates uh he has a uh foul language. <laughs> well, if you know being raised by his father. <laughs> yes. Who, who seems to have issues with the heater and uh, what I would imagine are swear words every uh, every second would, yeah, he's going to have that issue. But, I mean, what does that have to do with him having a BB gun? I mean, come on. I don't, I don't know. I feel like that's, you know, anger <laughs> anger issues, foul language. I feel like these are, these are not traits that you want to give somebody a, a weapon. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. You know, before we jump into uh, some of the storylines here, why do you think this movie has become so popular? What is it about this film that has really captured the hearts and minds of the American Christmas movie watching populace? You know, I I watched it the other uh, the other day and. I think there are two things that contribute to this being a really uh, well-liked movie. One, the narration is pretty good. And two, I notice it's sort of like broken down into these short segments that last, you know, no longer than 10 to 15 minutes each. And given how short Americans' uh, attention span is, it's perfect uh, for just to sit, watch 10 minutes, mind wanders off elsewhere, and then people will just go home happy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I also think that a big part of it is that the movie takes place like, uh, I don't know what the, whether it's like the late 40s or early 50s. I think it's actually like late, late 30s, right? Or or right before World War Two because the Wizard of Oz is so. No, but I think that, that, I think it's later than, I think it's later than that because um, I think it's like, Ralphie is like one of the baby boom kids. Like, uh, okay. you know, if you found out that Ralphie's dad was like in World War II. Uh, and so it takes place at, you know, I'd say it's pro- if I had to guess, I think it's like 1947 or some or something like that. OK. All right. Yeah, I, I could uh, I could I could co-sign on that. And so I think that what happened is that it's a movie about this particular time. And I think a lot of people who are like my age their dads really liked this movie and their dads mm-hmm. were like, oh yeah, watch this movie because this is like what it was like when I was a kid. 
And then it just sort of just became on and on and on because, you know, your dad would put it on because, like, if I had, oh, yeah. like, if Dominic was old enough to watch TV and I would make him watch the Goldbergs and I'd say, oh, this is what it was like when I was a, when I was a kid. I watched this show. And then I, I think that it just becomes nostalgic with mm. that it's something that your parents would have on and it reminds you of being a kid and being, you know, at home. So, I think that that's the biggest contributing factor that it's set in a time that your dad probably liked this movie. Because when we go home for Christmas, Nicole's parents, Nicole's dad has this movie on. He is he is uh, (laughs) on board for the entire 24 hours of Christmas. Oh, my God. Yes. (laughs) Yes. See, see, it's funny that you go, you know, your dad probably likes the movie. I I said, oh, I got to watch a movie. Uh, I'm doing a podcast about one. And then he goes, oh, what movie is it this year? I go, a Christmas story. And he's like. Oh, I hate that movie. Yeah. So, when well, you see, uh, I mean, I, I thought it was okay. But you're uh, young enough that I bet your dad is, you know, was was not raised in the '50s, where I feel like that. Well, it's yeah, a- yeah. Low, he was 52. So yeah, I mean, he's not much cognizant of the '50s. Yeah. So I feel like, uh, you know, and maybe it's just he doesn't like the movie. But I have a feeling it's oh. it's more like of if you are if your dad was of the generation of Ralphie's age, then I feel like then there's a connection there. And then, okay, yeah. And then it ends up being on in, in your house uh, as you get as he as that person becomes the dad. All right. So sure. let let's uh, start with the beginning and sort of uh, run <laughs> run through this. So mm-hmm. the movie starts uh, at of course at the uh, Higby's department store of everybody. Looking, <laughs> looking in in the window, and boy, before television, people must have been really bored, right? I, I, I will definitely say so, right? I mean, this is all they did, and and I looked at these toys that that they had in <laughs> in this time period, and it's a little bit weird because almost all the toys seem to just be merely things that you look at. <laughs> They're not even things that you like physically touch or, or actually play with. It's just like, all right, here's a, a model train or a a strange looking plane thing that just goes back and forth and you look at it like I think that I get old after a while. Yeah. Well, not for Ralphie and everybody. They're so oh. everybody is just so engrossed with the stuff that's in the window at Higby's. Even Ralphie's brother has his nose pressed up against the glass of just he's so impressed with uh the trains and everything that they have at Higby's. Yeah, I mean and you have to think like uh medical advancements weren't even far along yet. So I bet that window is just a breeding ground for germs. Really not a good idea. <laughs> oh, no. to put against it. You don't think that things ended poorly for Ralphie's brother, do you? I mean, they very well could have. I mean, everybody knows that that time was just uh, in American history, just plagued with disease. Oh no. Yeah. It's very dark, Ian. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess it is. <laughs> um, so, after Ralphie sees the the BB gun in the window, now did Ralphie want the BB gun before he saw it in the window, or did he see the BB gun in the window and say like, "Oh my God, that's it, that's what I want"? The Red Rider two hundred shot range model air rifle. Well, yeah, I think um, he was able to to pretty accurately rattle off all of the um, specifications of it, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he had to be at least somewhat familiar with the gun beforehand. Yeah, he was at least gun curious before. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> he he'd been reading like catalogs or something like that. <laughs> so the following morning, uh, they're having breakfast and getting ready for school, and mom asks the question of Ralphie, uh, 
what do you want for Christmas? And so he finally, he had, this is the first time he blurts out that he wants the BB gun. And the first time anybody tells him that he's going to shoot his eye out. And Ralphie ends up having uh, one of the many fantasy sequences that Ralphie has in, in the movie. <laughs> and <laughs> Ralphie, uh, Ralphie imagines in his fantasy that his home is marauded by a bunch of burglars. <laughs> and Ralphie has to fend them off. Now, the thing that is most strange to me about this is in Ralphie's fantasy, okay. he is uh, dressed almost as if you were going to see Elton John as yeah. a <laughs> as a cowboy. I, I was actually, yeah, I was going to point out the, the strange sequin act uh, <laughs> that he had kind of going on in that fantasy, which may be suggestive of some other things uh, that he fantasizes about. But... um. Yeah, no, and another thing that I also noticed about it is that um, anytime he shoots the, these burglars with his BB gun, yes. like shooting one in the ass apparently is enough to kill each <laughs> burglar, or, or at least so that they're like completely debilitated. And, and it also seems to spark a small fire whenever it hits, which <laughs> that, that, that isn't <laughs> – clearly he, he doesn't know a whole lot about BB Yeah, guns. I don't know. I don't know the psychology behind Ralphie's fantasy of being completely ensconced in sequins and glitter and sh- and shooting guys in the ass. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> this, is what Ra- this is Ralphie's fantasy and this is a no-judgment zone. All right. Well, I, I'm not judging at all. <laughs> Okay, um, maybe a little bit. But uh, maybe yeah. you know, maybe it wasn't breakfast. I'm not sure what meal they were eating, but uh, they were they were eating. Oh, it was breakfast. Yeah, was it breakfast? I think because I think it might have been. He had to go to school. Did he? Okay, so then though, because the the brother was also eating, and they couldn't get the brother to. They can't get the brother to eat throughout the whole film. But I was wondering, Ian, as I watched this, uh, yeah. is Ralphie's brother Randy on slop for the entire movie? Well, no, I don't think so, because there was at least one scene where he's eating mashed potato, though that could have been the extra food that uh, America had voted on. Um, but uh, we'll get to the mashed potato scene, because I have quite a bit to say about that. <laughs> All right. So uh, Ralph, the first time we get to see Ralphie at school in the film. So uh, we, we meet Ralphie's friends and we go. To, uh, oh, wait a minute now. Oh, yes. We, we skipped the entire part where they have to get dressed for school. Yes, okay. We'll talk, let's talk about getting dressed for school. Did you at all notice that, you know, for some reason they're, they, they're putting the younger brother in like this ridiculous looking, you know, amount of snow and tundra gear as if he's about to like climb Everest. And every single other child is dressed like very sensibly with one coat, pants, boots, and a scarf. <laughs> but the other kid... The younger brother has to wear like this ridiculous thing where he can't even move his arms. Yeah. Well, you got to keep Randy warm. He's not eating enough. If he had a little more insulation, you could take more chances with him. He's already he's already getting the germs from pushing his nose up against the glass. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes more sense now that you explain it that way. (laughs) So (laughs) when we go to school now, um, Ralphie and his classmates have a prank they're going to play on the teacher. Oh, yes. Every single person in the class has uh, fake teeth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Sure. You know, know, on Big Brother, I think I was known for my, uh, you know, antics and and strange pranks. But, um, you know, I never never really quite uh, understood how did Ralphie and his friends manage to coordinate this? I mean, 
to get every single kid to agree to have those weird fake teeth in their mouth. I, I mean, when I was in high school, we try to do stuff like this all the time, and and you would never get full participation from anybody, let alone the entire class. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It seems like a lot of coordination had to go. Somebody had to go buy like the you know thirty sets of fake teeth. Yeah, exactly. But it's. And- yeah, and, and like I said, the entire class, I think there were two girls in the entire class. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know, whenever this movie took place, maybe it was more common that maybe there were just more guys in Ralphie's Town than girls, but there you go. Maybe. So, And then the teacher also has like a drawer full of all of the practical jokes that Ralphie and his friends have perpetrated on the class this year. Yeah, I, I I also noticed that there was like a, a thing of, of teeth that were chattering. Yes, chattering. Whichever kid pulled that prank must have really wound those up. <laughs> that it would just keep running for days. Yes. yes. Um, so Ralphie and his friends also are engaged in a very intense debate over whether or not your tongue would stick to the flagpole uh, in the cold weather. And so... We have this uh, a bet that goes on, and of course we have the scene with the uh, double dare, double dog dare, triple dare, and uh, triple dog dare. Ultimately, of course, triple dare was skipped. Skipped. Uh, yes. Now, what did you make of this? Uh, the high stakes <laughs> uh, bet that happens between Flick and I don't know the name of the other friend. Is it Schwartz? Is that the other friend? Uh, yeah, because yeah, it's Schwartz. Okay. So who is the one that ultimately puts their tongue to the flagpole? Is that Flick or is that Flick. Schwartz? Flick, Flick puts his tongue on the flagpole. <laughs> now, couldn't Flick have have licked his finger and and stuck it to the pole to just to see what would happen? Um, no, because I think it's I think the idea is that your tongue is constantly going to be wet, whereas your finger will just eventually dry right before you put it on the pole or something like that. Yeah, but you think you would almost you could get a sense of that this would happen. Yeah, like that's a, a fair point. There's a better way to test this hypothesis than to do the experiment on yourself, right? Right, but but once he's been triple dog dared, there's no turning back unless unless they escalated up to the the uh, lesser used quadruple cat dare. Uh, <laughs> Is that a thing? But, you know, I actually had to look that up. Uh, apparently, it 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 is a thing. I think on a on Urban Dictionary, the quadruple cat dare. Um, it builds upon the dare series, um, uh, and that is uh, apparently, yeah, it apparently exists. Is that well known and used by the cat ladies who watch Big Brother? Um, I would believe so. <laughs> <laughs> that that seems like something that they would, uh, the same thing that they would do, and and they will. Constantly use that on Joker's updates every day, even though the show ended three months ago. I quadruple cat dare you to uh, vote for Big Jeff for America's player. Like, all right, fine. I'll do it. Uh, Yeah, okay, yeah. (laughs) That would be I quadruple cat dare you to uh, write I love Andy on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, you know, one has to ask where where did this come from? Was wh- what? Who decided ages ago that just adding dog after you know between triple and dare escalated? Like you would think that after a triple dare, the next logical one would just be a straight up quadruple dare. But no, every round you throw a new animal in, right? 
Well, it's only been dog up until quadruple cat there. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'd never heard of it. Like, you know, the standard, you'd think triple dare. Okay, right, right. And then next would be the quadruple dare. I mean, why is dog even thrown in there? I don't know. You'd have to ask Ralphie and, and company. I mean, I don't know. Is that where that phrase started? That's what I kind of was wondering as I watched it. What did Ralphie, did a Christmas story start double dog dare? Triple dog dare. Is that where triple dog dare came from? I have a feeling that that existed. That was part of the vernacular. And then the Christmas story just captured it as opposed to Christmas okay. story was the Fair trendsetter. Fair enough. Now, have you ever licked your, uh, you, have you ever stuck your tongue to the flagpole? Uh, I have not. Uh, have you I, seen I, it done? What's that? Have you seen it done? I have not seen it done, other than the movie. <laughs> I feel like this movie is a very bad example, because I gotta feel like, a- after seeing this movie, I have to feel like there are probably dozens of kids every year that attempt something like this. Probably, yeah, but then again, they also see that the kid's tongue gets stuck, so maybe they'd be really hesitant. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even have anything to say about the uh, sticking your tongue to the flagpole. It's just uh, it's a, a really a horrifying scene that to, to to watch. It looks yeah, like it is really it is pretty disturbing. Not gonna lie. I mean, the pole looks really rusty, and <laughs> and then I mean his tongue is like covered in gauze after they get him off, which. You know, kind of begs the question, like, how, what did they do? Did they, like, get the axe out and just chop it off? Like, what What happened? <laughs> I don't know. I, I I think about, where, like, when they made this movie, like, I guess they had to really stick the kid's tongue to the uh, flagpole. I, I mean, I guess so. No CGI here in A Christmas Story. Uh, poor <laughs> flick. I mean, that's a yeah, very tough really bad. Yeah. All right. So... After uh, that's all over, did, did you feel bad for Flick when they just leave him there and they go into the classroom? Um, you know, I actually kind of, kind of did. You, you would think at least that. Well, maybe what what disturbed me the most was that nobody would just say, "Hey, this kid got his tongue stuck to the flagpole," and then <laughs> then just agree that they won't, you know, say who put him up to it, right? <laughs> Just, just say, well, I mean, they're going to find out. So she, they should have just said to the teacher right away. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I guess they're just so paranoid about getting in trouble. Yeah, but if they're so paranoid about getting in trouble, they do the whole thing with the fake teeth. They don't seem that scared of being in trouble then, but they won't right. tell I, the teacher. I, I know. And the most horrifying part of it all is just the free, uh, freak. Uh, fl- Flick's shrieks are just are horrifying. It's the most high pitched sounds of he's in agony. Yeah, you know, I, I one has to wonder if your tongue is really frozen to a pole. I mean, that 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 in itself can't be too painful. I'd imagine, like, you know, if if they you know force you to pull your tongue off or whatever, and it, you know, you you get some sort of uh you know, bleeding involved with your tongue once you rip it off. Maybe that would be painful, but I can't imagine ha- merely having your tongue on the pole. Hurts. I don't know. I don't want to find out. Right. I'm kind of curious. So when we go back into school, uh, Ralphie and, and classmates get an assignment. They have to write a theme about what they want for Christmas. Now, you are a uh, a former longtime student, Ian. Uh, yes. Have you ever heard the term write a theme? <sighs> Yes, but not in the context that they 
had you I, no I, I in fact i think we would have called it a composition <laughs> yeah i don't know if that was just a term that's gone away but uh that always jumps out weird to me as a write a theme yeah i i really i don't know I don't know. When I was in, when I was about eight years old, I remember that if a teacher assigned you to write a paragraph, that was like the world's most daunting task. <laughs> so, I mean, I would imagine if I was assigned a theme, I, I would have been pretty unhappy. With it. <laughs> yeah, but Ralphie sees this as an opportunity. He's going to write about how he will get a uh, a BB gun. Correct. Yes. So then we uh, come on our way home from school and we have our first encounter with the bullies, uh, Scott Farkas and his sidekick, uh, Grover Dill. Oh, is that what the other kid's name is? Yes. Yes. I I, I was not aware that he had a name. So thank you. Yeah. yeah, This bully kid, Scott, it's kind of interesting because I noticed that – his entire technique of bullying during that scene is just popping out of random places and then maniacally laughing, but not doing really anything else. Well, he does twist your arm behind your back and make you say uncle. But only whenever he makes you do that. But he doesn't even, you know, there's no, like, they just kind of submit to him. <laughs> they just walk over and they're like, and then he does it. You, know, you could have just left. Yeah, I find it odd, too, that Ralphie's whole fantasy in this movie is like, I really need a gun. I, I really need to have this gun. And he's also tortured by this bully. But at no point does he connect the dots between, boy, if I had if I had my gun, then Scott Furcus wouldn't, wouldn't mess with me. Yeah, he's more concerned about the uh, Marauders. troop of six <laughs> overweight burglars that are going to try and steal whatever is in his house that's worth stealing. Yeah, the real-life version of the the Beagle Boys. Was that the the bad guys on DuckTales? It's been so long since I've (laughs) seen it. I wouldn't know. Yeah. so, yeah, he never puts it two and two together with, a, hey, maybe I could use the, maybe I, if I had a rifle, maybe Scott Furcus and Grover wouldn't mess with me. Yeah, it's a very valid point. And Ralphie also in narration tells us in his town, you're either you were either a bully, a toady or a victim. Uh, what was a toady? I think that's like the uh, the bully's uh, assistant, right? The sidekick, so the apprentice. So that's, so that's what like Grover would have been, right? Grover would have been a toady. So when Scott Furcus either goes to jail or retires, he gets out the game. Then was right. would Grover take over, and then would he take on a new toady? Yeah, exactly. He would then uh, select a new uh, child, preferably one with braces, um, to to uh, replace uh, him as a toady, and he would move up the ranks as to a full bully. Um, now, we, when Ralphie comes back home, we get our first chance to see uh, Dad versus the Bumpus Hounds. Uh, do you find it disturbing that there are just uh, a pack of like 30 roaming hound dogs that the dad claims they belong to the hillbillies uh, next door? Do they have some sort of like dog fighting circuit? Why do they have so many hound dogs? You know, that's a really good question. I, I actually was pretty curious about that myself is, um, you know, there's going to be at least some kind of law. This takes place in Chicago, right? I mean, it's pretty odd that there would be hillbillies living in the city 
for one thing, and and just why they have so many dogs. It just doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Are they a dog hoarder? Yes, we'll say that. <laughs> Definitely. Oh hoarders. no. Oh no. Um. So. That night, uh, we have a, or, or dad finds out that he is going to uh, get a present, and or he's going to win a contest. Now, I re- unfortunately, while the movie is over and over again on TNT or TBS or whatever it is, I TBS. could not, fi- I could not find a place to watch this movie. I had to buy it from, I, I rented it on iTunes for twenty four hours, so I couldn't yeah. go back and, and I, check this out. I got it, I got it on demand on my uh, TV. Yeah, so I couldn't go back and check it out, but I'm very unclear of what did Dad do to get this present or award. Um, like was, given given the extremely high quality of the eventual present, I'm guessing it was some sort of contest where he had to fill out a bunch of forms. Probably filled out hundreds of forms and mailed away for them. Yeah, it's unclear whether dad has won a contest or if he's like got made some sort of sales goal at his job because they tell him that basically the prize is coming tonight. And dad is very proud of it, almost as if there was it was some achievement, not not just like yeah. some random draw. But and he that he's like, oh, what could it be? Could it be maybe it's a bowling alley? <laughs> <laughs> And uh, mom correctly says, they're going to send you a bowling alley? Well, maybe they'll send me the deed to a bowling alley. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I'm very un- – maybe somebody in the comments can tell us what did dad do to get this prize? Like, who is who is this from? Because in my mind, I think I mentally confused this with uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation where uh, he's, like, thinking they're going to get the check for the Christmas bonus – and I think in my head I thought like, oh, this was his Christmas bonus from work. But uh, no, I don't know that we, we're. It's it's unclear. Yeah, I, I was I was having the impression it was just like a gift from some family member, but I that doesn't seem right now. No, it's definitely a some sort of a prize or award because okay. when because that's why Dad has to put it in the, in the window and he's like bragging to his neighbor like I it's my I want you know I oh, okay that this was my. Uh, award or or he's basically like talking about how like I did this this was because of me um so they they end up getting this box and they they op- they open it up and of course it is uh the leg <laughs> lamp yeah you know it's um I, there are a couple of things about it that that, that always kind of confuse me. Is that, sure. one why why is the box just so large? I mean, it's a big lamp, but it, I mean, the box was taller than most of the characters in the movie, whereas the lamp was what really wasn't. And um, I mean, there sure was a lot of hay which was used to pack that. Was that like the common thing to pack boxes with back then? Yeah, basically, this is predates uh ups and if you wanted to ship anything you had to get like a coffin and then stuff it filled with straw and then put whatever you needed into the, and, and then nail the box shut that you need a crowbar yeah. to open it yeah okay <laughs> yeah basically if you were gonna ship a uh, sarcophagus or a leg lamp it was the same exact packing procedure fair enough fair enough <laughs> So, so they open up the like lamp, and now, uh, uh, just a couple things. Uh, why, <laughs> why would they send? 
Hey, why would anybody send him this leg lamp? What is what is dad? If it is for some professional achievement, what is dad's job? Well, you know, uh, one thing that I thought I, I'm not really sure on that, but it, it seemed like all the the male characters were like at least slightly aroused by this strange <laughs> lamp, which which seems kind of odd to me because when I see a dismembered leg, <laughs> uh, I sure don't think sexy, right? <laughs> Um, so I don't know what he would do for a living. I mean, it seems like it's hinted that he, he definitely sells something, right? I mean, it seems as if that's the case. I don't know. Or if it's some sort of a contest, what did dad, <laughs> was this like in the back of like some sort of like a pre playboy magazine or something <laughs> like that? You know, uh, that, that might be the case because we do, uh, we do eventually see, like that, maybe the leg lamp for the dad is like the decoder for Ralphie, right? <laughs> maybe it was like some mail away prize. Maybe. Uh, I mean, we are living in a very puritanical time here in the era of this film that there's not, you know, people can't even sleep in the same, say, well, there's not even television. Um, right. You know, we're listening to things on the radio. The, you know, it's it's a very repressed society. So even the glimmer oh. of a a figurine of a woman's leg is getting everybody very, very horned up at this point in time. Yeah. I mean, uh, we see Ralphie try and grab at its ass. <laughs> yes. um, um, you know, the dad, it, it clearly seems to, seems to love the leg more than his wife. Um, you know, I mean, it, which, which has to be the question. Maybe he just doesn't find his wife sexy anymore. Hmm. I don't know if I don't know if I think that that's the case that she does doesn't. Uh, I I think that maybe I'm sure he he would find her sexy. I think he would basically, uh, you know, be after anything. I mean, the the man is falling in love with a disembodied plastic leg. So I don't think it's that that he does not find the wife uh, attractive. I I feel like uh, Mrs. Parker is. I think more is is not in a sexy mood maybe anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So there there's not much going on there so he has to get lit, you know, lamps that resemble female body parts to yes. be yeah. Yeah, so we okay. get the sense that dad is, you know, very quick. He's throwing the F word around every now mm-hmm. and then. But, I mean, mom even uh, puts a bar of soap in her own mouth at one point in the film. So I kind of feel like right. the, Mrs. Parker is, you know, is very pure and innocent. And maybe um, maybe other than, than the time that Ralphie and Randy were created, I get the sense that there's not a lot of romance going on at the Parker house. Yeah, that's okay. We're on the same page there. <laughs> So, um, anyway, so, uh, Ralphie has a very odd line in the movie. He says, uh, you know, after they get the lamp set up, he's like, he says something that's along the lines of that. I moved away from the, uh, the glow of sex in my window to go and watch, uh, or listen to little orphan Annie. Um, did, did that strike you as odd? Well, yeah, it always did strike me as odd, mainly because I was always under the impression that little orphan Annie would be something that girls would <laughs> right. find interesting I, I i never would think like you know uh little orphan annie is just like this beacon of radio masculinity uh during this time period uh, so, yeah, so uh, here's the line a couple people give it gave it to us in the in the questions uh this is uh from 
<laughs> uh, Brendan Noel and Jeremy Zares uh, say they want to know, uh, Ian, what is the one thing in the world that could drag you away from the soft glow of electric sex gleaming in the window? Um, hmm. uh, a double eviction episode of Big Brother. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what if it was on the radio? Do you think that they would listen to, like, do you think that the the cat ladies listen to the live feeds on the radio on uh, <laughs> in, in the 40s? You know, I, given how much people complain about our audio, like I remember just reading stuff that's like, oh, Ian's eating celery with his microphone on. Oh, spare us. Um, it would, you know, it would probably be uh, probably pretty irritating, but I think that people would would definitely flock to listen to Janelle brush her teeth or something like that. <laughs> what do you think would do better? Little Orphan Annie or uh, Rob has a podcast in the 40s? Do you think that – I feel like that we've really missed the golden era to really break out. Oh, yeah. the, before, <laughs> before the start of television, I feel like the podcast might have really done been a, a good time to capture the audio listening market. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that uh, – It'd be pretty good uh, for the show. You'd have a lot of listeners. I mean, I mean, Little Orphan Annie is bringing in the ratings on the radio. I mean, come on. This has to be at least 10 to 20 times better than Little Orphan Annie. Am well, I maybe right? if we did a Little Orphan Annie podcast that would immediately follow Little Orphan Annie. I feel like we could have really done well. Yeah, that, that's absolutely the case. Definitely could add, you know, guest interviews and, and everything, Rob. Yeah, and then uh, we'd say – uh <laughs> Coming to you live from the orphanage. It's Rob has a little orphan Annie podcast, and now here's the guy who always drinks his Ovaltine. <laughs> like, all right, we got. Uh, let's go. Actually, eat. <laughs> um. So, anyways, do you want to talk about the code? Yeah. Uh, are we up? No, we're not up to that yet. Oh, we're not. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yes. Um. I was going to get into uh, all the letters people had written us on the Little Orphan Annie podcast, but okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, we'll go. We'll keep going. So they go Christmas tree shopping, uh, right. which is uh, pretty uneventful. They, they want to go go buy a Christmas tree, but unfortunately, on the way home from Christmas tree shopping, uh, the car breaks down. Right, and lots of car troubles in in the film for Dad, even though he doesn't seem to mind it because he gets to pretend that he's in the uh, pit crew. For right. uh for a racing team, so they have to change the, they they have to change the tire, and Ralphie goes to help Dad, and uh, things are going well up until the point where Dad knocks the uh, hubcap full of uh, lug nuts all over the place, and uh, Ralphie uh, exclaims the f word, and it's not fudge. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I actually feel like um. When I was eight, yeah, I guess it was a big deal, but I, I think that's a pretty appropriate time for that word to be to be uttered. Yeah, you would think that Dad himself might say it. Yeah, you know, you would kind of think. I was half expecting that, you know, Dad would look at Ralphie, hear him say that, and just be like, "That's my son," you know, or something like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're damn like, right. <laughs> yeah. No, but but that was not the case. Dad's pissed. Dad's yeah. Dad, Dad's pissed. Dad is mad. And. He actually holds back his – I feel like this was a little uncharacteristic for for old man Parker, that he basically uh, declines to uh, punish or reprimand Ralphie himself. He instead goes and tells mom in the car, and mom right. is horrified. 
Yeah, you know, I, I, one thing that I find pretty funny is that every single character in this movie just seems to be, like, completely frightened by the words utterance. Not not even, like, just, like, disgusted. Just, like, you know, completely, completely put off by it. Yeah. So, uh, Ralphie wonders, you know, in his internal monologue, what would the punishment be? Would he be beheaded? Would he get the rack? What sort of torture device? Uh, he says all these things basically would be child's play compared to the punishment that he was going to receive. And uh, it turns out, no, they're just going to put some soap in his mouth. And so was Ralphie being a little overdramatic about the the uh, corporal punishment that he was going to receive? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, but you got to think about it. I think he got off pretty easy, right? <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, putting soap in your mouth always seemed like a, you know, a slap on the wrist to me. Uh, if if I was told I was getting soap in the mouth, I, I considered myself lucky. <laughs> right. So um, now the mom wants to know in this interrogation scene, who taught you this word? Who taught you to say this word? That's what mom really wants to know. Right. Because then it, she feels like then she can go after the person who taught Ralphie the word. And so Ralphie ultimately doesn't say that it was dad. He actually uh, gives up an innocent friend, uh, yeah. Flick, says uh, that was the person. No, 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 Schwartz, Oh, it was right? Schwartz, okay. And so I want to know, Ian, uh, is Ralphie a rat? He, you know, if uh, rat floater had been a term, <laughs> I would say so, yes. But, you know, he really blew it. I mean, he even <laughs> knew. He, he could have just said, Dad. And then the whole thing would have been turned right <laughs> around. But he goofed up. I don't know. I mean, why would he be so apprehensive about that? I mean, the ball was in his hands, and he just just threw it to the other team. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, I feel like this makes Ralphie a rather unlikable person uh, for what he did. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, he he had it. All he had to do was say, "Dad." What? I mean, the only thing I could think of is the mom would not believe him, but. I mean, she hears him swearing as he tries to fix the heater every single day. So it has to be pretty believable, right? Yeah, I mean, if if I was Schwartz, would you be friends with Ralphie anymore after this? Yeah, probably not. Or at least I'd be pretty ticked off. I mean, it sounds... <laughs> from the conversation that we overhear when mom calls up Mrs. Schwartz, uh, she says, well, my son said this word. Do you want to know where he, where he heard it? And uh, yeah. Mrs. Schwartz says, like, oh, from your husband? She's like, no, yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> from, from, from your, from Schwartz uh, himself, which we don't know his first name. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, it must be very confusing at the Schwartz household when people, they just, yeah. Like, from so. Schwartz. <laughs> well, which one of us, you know, um, I don't know, per- perhaps, perhaps over the Schwartz household, um, Mrs. Sh- I guess Schwartz, it would be, is a harlot. And has children all of the different last names. So that's how she tells them apart. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I can see your Schwartz is as big as mine. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, if I was Schwartz, I would not be friends with Ralphie anymore. That would be it. Sure. Um, so Ralphie has another uh, kind of sick fantasy now at this point. And I think this is maybe the most disturbing thing in the movie. So Ralphie fantasizes that he's gone blind. <laughs> and he, this is a, uh, a very perverse fantasy. So his, his fantasy is that it's 10 years later, 
And Ralphie has now gone blind, and he's gone back to visit his parents. And um, really, he envisions a very, a very sick life uh, for himself. Yeah, you know, uh, his his parents seem to be, uh, you know, full of regret that they that they gave him soap and he got soap poisoning and went blind. And he seems to actually be really happy about this fact. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like he he actually seems to take joy in the fact that he made his parents miserable that they made him blind. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a really sick fantasy. One, I think yeah. it's kind of offensive to blind people um, that Ralphie yes. has lost his sight and is now completely just, uh, you know, uh, a beggar and has gone. Uh, his life is really completely as if to say, if you go blind, you know, you basically, you know, society has no use for you. Right, right. Well, I mean, different time, right? <laughs> I guess so. Uh, I thought it was offensive to blind people, and also it, it is. <laughs> it, but but the most disturbing thing is how happy Ralphie is about this fantasy. Yeah, I mean, he like smiles as his parents are groveling at his feet. I mean, it, it's very strange. Yes, and nobody else also aged in this fantasy. Uh, yeah, that's also true. How how is he ten years? down the line and he looks eight still i don't know his growth was stunted by the soap poisoning as well yes is soap poisoning a real thing i've never heard of it yeah (laughs) all right well you are our resident science expert so if you haven't heard of it then uh i i mean i guess you could be poisoned by soap yeah i mean if you like drink liquid soap Yes, but I don't think, you know, I've heard of anyone putting soap in their mouth and then going blind as a result. Yes. Uh, if anything, there are other Not reasons. Not medical advice. <laughs> yeah, there are other reasons why your parents would tell you you might go blind. But uh, soap yeah, poisoning I, would I not be one of them. I remember hearing that quite frequently in my teenage years, though. I'm still not sure what they were getting at. <laughs> yes. And maybe that's one of the reasons why Ralphie's mom didn't want the lamp in the house. <laughs> yeah, perhaps. Yes. <laughs> so, um... I have in my notes. Oh, it's in the front room and everything. Oh, <laughs> that would be terrible. Oh no. Uh, so yeah. I have in my notes that the uh, decoder pin uh, comes in. Is this when Ralphie uh, goes into the locks himself in the, in the bathroom again? Yes. Okay. So uh, he, so Ralphie decides that he's going to now work on decoding the message from Little Orphan Annie, and Correct. is very disappointed to find out what Little Orphan Annie is telling him. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would be disappointed, too. It's a pretty crummy commercial. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, he is uh, going to find out that he needs to uh, uh, be sure to drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's a real uh, important message of, of the little orphan Annie uh, kids club, right? Yes, but it's a good product placement for Ovaltine. It, it definitely is. And speaking of product placement, uh, any Rob has a podcast listeners that are in the Ian Terry decoder <laughs> club, you'll need to get out your decoder right now and set it to A <laughs> equals one, B equals two for this important message. So get those pencils out. It's three, nine, five, 18, one. Nine, nineteen, eight, fifteen, twenty. <laughs> That's all. Go and decode that message. Uh, very important message uh, <laughs> from uh, my thoughts on this season of Survivor. Actually, oh. so go and decode that message, and you will uh, learn a lot. <laughs> 
So absolutely <laughs> important message right there. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. I, I, I'll have to get my decoder pin out. Where, yes. do, where do we get the Ian Terry decoder pin from? You'll have to. Uh, well, I mean, I, I gave you the code. I mean, you should be able to figure it out. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll look into that. All right. So, Ian, this is a very important part of the movie. Now, I, I'm sure this is going to be up for a debate with a lot of people. So, mom, dad goes is fighting with the furnace, and mom goes into the living room. Ralphie's at the table, and he says, "This would be a moment that would be talked about for uh, for many many years to come in the fam in the Parker household." Okay. So. What do you think? Did mom break the lamp on purpose or was it an accident? On purpose, clearly, right? I mean, she's like fake crying, smiling as this whole thing is going on. I mean, it, it, you know, it's not going to break itself, Rob. <laughs> so you don't think that you think there was foul play? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she hates the lamp. Yes. Completely. Um, so. Dad comes upstairs and he's very, he's very upset. He can't. He's not even making sense when he's talking about it. Um, and so Dad accuses the mom that she was jealous of the lamp. Do you buy yeah. that theory? Um, you know, she did seem pretty jealous of it. So yeah, I actually will believe it. Which I find it odd that this is what the dad says because, it, it, like I said, it pretty much proves that he was like sexually attracted to the lamp in some way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I absolutely agree. I think that mom was jealous, and she says, uh, well, it was the world's ugliest lamp. And I feel like that's a very damning comment from mom. Yeah, but I I, I mean, I'd probably agree. I mean, it was pretty unattractive. <laughs> yeah, and he says, get the glue. <laughs> says, We're out of glue. Um, yeah. And so uh, what did you think of dad's attempt to uh, glue the lamp back together? I mean, he didn't even let it dry. Uh, piss poor attempt, if you ask me. Yes, I think I think so. Uh, and so, Dad ends up having a burial for the lamp out in the backyard. <laughs> very yeah. sick. Very strange. Yes, uh, very very strange man. Do you think that Dad uh, attempted to make love to the lamp before he buried it? I mean, it's probably broken in a lot of pieces and be really sharp and uncomfortable, but maybe. It's it's very possible. In a very last dance with Mary Jane type <laughs> scenario, I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Very sad uh, for dad. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so now we go back we go back to school again and uh basically uh you know, the bully uh Scott Scott Ferkus uh, he captures uh, one of Ralphie's friends, and Ralphie's just like, I'm out of here. Right, right. <laughs> I'm not sure if that was Flick or Schwartz. That, uh, so, I, yeah, I'm not really sure yeah. either. Ralphie is just a, a, a really, really lousy friend. Pretty much, yeah. Very few <laughs> redeeming qualities for Ralphie. Uh, I'm not a, I don't, yeah, like I think I said, uh, Ralphie just seems like a pretty strange kid overall. Yeah. Uh, who is a, a, a worse person, Ralphie or Kevin McAllister? Um, hmm. Uh, that's actually a really good question. I mean, I actually would probably say Ralphie because, um, at least in Kevin's case, although, uh, you know, trying to kill or not kill, but just like, you know, put these burglars in immense pain was to protect his house. He could have just told the police about it, but <laughs> <laughs> but in Ralphie's case, I mean, 
there's no good reason, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, R- Ralphie uh, <coughs> was uh, Ralphie was not tormented by his family in the same way that Kevin McAllister was. That's debatable. <laughs> I would say they're both pretty tormented by their family. <laughs> yeah, it, it's an interesting discussion. Um, yeah. So, so Ralphie gets his uh, his theme back, and um, right. oh, did I skip when uh, Ralphie's fantasy? Uh, I think we did about uh, the oh, yeah. getting the a the a plus 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 plus. Yeah. Um, and it seems to almost uh, in some ways. Did you find that Ralphie's fantasy about the getting the A plus 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 was a bit of a sexual fantasy with the teacher? You know, perhaps because I noticed whenever they they give gifts later on, he he puts like this giant fruit basket on his desk. <laughs> yeah, where did he get that from? I have no clue. Maybe he got it out of a comic book. He ordered it. But, <laughs> I mean, um, there's a pineapple in that fruit basket. I, I mean, know. It's not even seasonal fruit. Uh, <laughs> where, did, where did Ralphie but, come up with this? Who knows? I mean, he's just – but he just stands there and he, he like, kind of, like, gets lost in thought, right? Yeah, so, definitely. So, I mean, he sort of has this weird fantasy. So maybe he is uh, in some weird way attracted to the teacher. But he also sees her as a witch – uh, whenever he eventually gets his, his paper back. So, so yeah, he has the weird fantasy about getting an A++ where the uh, teacher just assigns Fs without reading most of the reports. <laughs> she seems very, very obsessed with margins. Even in Ralphie's fantasy, she's like, yeah. oh, the margins. Oh, the margin. Oh, you know, actually, this is really odd, and I will completely agree, is for some reason growing up, at least when I was in middle school. So like, or just around that age, like fourth to eighth grade, fourth to seventh grade, we'll say for some reason, every teacher I had was completely obsessed with the margins that you would, when you would write something by hand, I don't know why that they were completely obsessed with the margins. If even so much as like a little letter went past that pink line on the side of the page, you were in trouble. Yes. Okay. I don't know why that is. Yeah. Nobody handwrites documents anymore. Huh? It's very it's a sign of the times. It it clearly is. All right. So, uh now Ralphie gets a C plus on the paper. You said earlier you wanted to talk about this. Well, yeah. I mean, one thing that I've always heard of uh particularly from uh I had this chemistry professor this past semester who said that oh there's there's great inflation in schools and it's kind of funny cuz chemistry uh and organic chemistry or the general chem and organic chem are the only classes in America nowadays that aren't subject to radical grade inflation. So, I did some thinking and Back uh, back when this was made, a C was the average grade. So a C plus is actually above average. So when you compare this to modern standards, that's actually like the equivalent then of getting an A plus 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 plus. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, it took me a while to think about it. But when you when you think about grade inflation, uh, C plus is it's above average. A C is an average grade back then. OK, so. In 2013 times that Ralphie would have gotten an A++++++ grade on his uh, report? I mean, I think that's an exaggeration, but it, it would probably be like a the modern standard of getting like a B. Okay. And if Ralphie handed in the paper in 2013 about how he wanted a gun for uh, Christmas, what would the school's response have been? 
uh, immediate meetings with the guidance <laughs> counselor three days a week, uh, a meeting with uh, the principal, um, probably uh, a suspension, uh, something like that. Yeah. It's interesting to see, you know, in appropriately enough, like, you know, how sensitive we are to the issue of guns in schools. I wonder if eventually a Christmas story, you know, may, you know, lose some of its nostalgic luster, considering that the main character is obsessed with getting a gun. You know, actually, uh, I did think about that. And if it hasn't lost its luster by now, it, it probably won't. Right. Oh, I think eventually um, I feel like as people like as people get older, I wonder if the movie will continue to, um, you know, especially like if, if it is the case where it's like, you know, if 30 years from now, I wonder if A Christmas Story will be as big as it is now. It feels like over the last like five years or so, it's really become, you know, reached its cr- critical mass. And I wonder if then there will be <laughs> new Christmas movies that become, you know, the the the, the sure sure. You know, I, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know how these things work. We have to, you know, I talk mean, to. I mean, uh, you know, the family stone sits on the shelf. Right? Yes, I wonder if Medea's family Christmas will become, you know, you know, twenty years from now, as you know, more of a, you know, as you know, the, the I mean, this movie is is about just from a sociological uh, point yeah. of view. This movie is about you know a white family in the you know late forties, and you know as you know America becomes more diverse, I wonder if there will be other cr- Christmas films that become more popular than this, and and you know we'll see. Perhaps yes, yeah. No, I could see that. You know, the other thing is, given TBS's uh, typical output, I wouldn't be surprised if they did twenty four hours of uh, Medea's Christmas. <laughs> Eventually, maybe fifteen years from now, when we're doing the holiday movie cast, that's what we'll do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So uh, then we have uh, – so after Ralphie gets the C-plus on the paper, then, uh, boy. Uh, uh, theme. Yeah, theme. On, I'm sorry, on his theme. Scott Farkas uh, really picked the wrong day to, sh- to mess with Ralphie. Oh, absolutely. It's a bit of a falling down moment for Ralphie where he ends up just totally going berserk and just uh, beating Scott to a pulp. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he just, yeah, uh, I mean, and by beat with the pulp, uh, to a pulp, we mean like rhythmically slap. (laughs) He rhythmically (laughs) slaps Scut into a pulp. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So very, very sad for Scut. And um, mom ends up coming in. And and, so what happens? Ralphie loses his glasses in in the fracas? Uh, Correct. Yes. He does lose his glasses. Now, after everything that happens in the movie, I find it odd to think that Old Man Parker is going to really be upset with Ralphie that he got into a fight and beat up the bully. Did did you find that a little unbelievable? Yeah, you know, actually, this is another one of those things is I don't don't know why anyone would really be disappointed about this. I mean, the kid clearly torments Ralphie day in and day out. And the brother. And the brothers, so you would at least think, like, the parents would be like, oh, good, taught him right. Like, I was always taught that, like, in those days, being in a fight was so common in school, at least how my parents would talk, that, you know, I would think that it would be like a badge of honor. 
I mean, in the traditional sense, you would think that maybe if the dad found out about the fight and they were like, okay, we're not going to tell your your mother about this. Like, you could almost see it the other way around where it was like, you know, mom was like, oh, Ralphie, where are your glasses? And dad's like, oh, hey, I found these on the radiator. And it was like, boy, dad really covered for me that day. But it's the other yeah. way around where we're, we're concerned that, I mean, is old man Parker a pacifist? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> Uh, no, it was. No. It's, it's odd to think that he would be very upset to find out Ralphie could beat beat yeah, up the boy. It, it, that's one of those things that just doesn't make any sense. Especially, it wasn't even a fight in school. Like maybe it was like, boy, Ralphie got into a fist fight in class today, and now he's he, now he's uh, now he has detention or he's he's sure. um, he's on suspension from school. Um, but no, it's just no, like, it's just a, a scuffle in the snow, snowy uh, street. Yeah, old man Parker is very, very. <laughs> there's certain things he just has a bugaboo about. Yeah, clearly that and uh, raw turkey. <laughs> yeah. So, um. Anyway, so now we we end up going back. We have a sequence back at Higby's, uh, where we have a very extensive oh, yeah. uh, holiday parade in town. Correct. So, uh, boy, this town really uh does it up to the nines for Christmas. It really does. <laughs> they really do. Um, and can you explain to me the connection between the Wizard of Oz in this town and Christmas time? You know, I actually was, you know, quite. Yeah, I mean, I guess that that like, like I said, my guess is that whenever this was set, a Wizard of Oz had recently come out, I guess. So it was a big deal still. And. For whatever reason, I, I guess they were just sent characters there. I, I don't know why. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it recently... Like, I think The Wizard of Oz came out in 1939, and uh, World War II is still going on. And so I, I don't think that World... You know, I think World War II has has ended here. Um, okay. So I, I just think maybe Wizard of Oz is it the ten year anniversary of Wizard of Oz that per, we're perhaps. <laughs> Although I actually will share a story uh, similar, I guess on the same thing is uh, in Pittsburgh. There's always there's several malls along this one road, and there's one really good mall, but then there's like two other like lesser malls that are kind of dead and don't really have any stores. I remember there was a an event one year. I was probably about like nine years old where Santa like came out of a, a giant box and, you know, you could first see Santa for that year for whatever reason. Santa was shipped in a giant present, but there were other characters that were also there. And for some reason there was a person in a skunk costume. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know how a guy in a skunk costume is in any way Christmas related, but I guess it's the same idea. It's just like whatever costume characters they can find is they just send. Sure. Sure. So, uh, Ralphie is, you know, look, I figured it out. I got to go see Santa Claus and I'm going to tell Santa that I need the BB gun. And that's, and that's how I'm going to get my hands on, on the BB gun. And so Ralphie, and he's getting like antsy because it's, you know, Santa's only there till nine and and parents like, no, 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 don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. But really Ralphie's concerns are well-founded because, uh, time ends up being a factor here. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And uh, I mean, he has to make sure that he can, you know, get in line. That's going to be really important, especially given how ridiculously long the line is. Very ridiculous. So 
Um, Ralphie is in line behind a kid who seems to have something wrong with him. Would you say is that fair? I, you know, I would say that he seems to have some sort of uh, some sort of uh, issue or obsession. I, I don't know what's what's going on with the guy with the goggles. Yeah, I also noticed. Uh, I noticed uh, Flick also seems to wear these goggles. <laughs> right? Was that was that like a thing at, at this time period that like that that was just like common gear? I guess I don't know, but. Yeah, pretty strange. Yeah, we don't know. Um, so, And Santa is basically, uh, it's very disgruntled Santa and elves. Everybody at Higby's is really over the whole Christmas season. Uh, yeah, I, I noticed like the elves are like literally manhandling children. <laughs> Everybody just really hates their life. Uh, Santa yeah. even says uh, to one of the elves, like, if they think I'm working one minute past <clears throat> nine o'clock tonight, they can kiss my foot. Uh, which yeah. I've never heard that expression before. Yeah, I mean, they had to keep it rated PG, Rob. <laughs> okay. Kiss uh, kiss my foot. So uh, maybe that's what Santa's into. Perhaps. Yeah. Maybe this explains the lamp. Maybe all the characters in this Have movie. Have some sort of a foot or leg fetish? Yeah, maybe. Okay. So Ralphie ends up, so it's almost 9 o'clock. So Ralphie ends up, like, forcing his way up to the top. And then when he gets up to Santa, uh, Ralphie, not the best moment for him, completely freezes up and forgets what he wanted to tell Santa. Oh, yeah. I mean, he froze up like Janelle in the coaches meeting. (laughs) I I, I had never seen anything quite like that. But the one thing he did manage to blurt out was a football, which is the one thing he repeatedly says he doesn't want. Yes. Um, Well, actually, I think Santa says, what is it? uh, Football? Uh, is that what you want? And then he just like repeats it back because he's uh, yeah. v- very paralyzed by fear with <laughs> seeing Santa Claus. Uh, right. What do you think of the, the slide that Santa Claus pushes everybody down? Actually, that, I actually think that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I kind of like the slide of, you know, get the hell out of here, kid. <laughs> and you go down the slide. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, it's very, it's very, very harrowing to say the least sure. for everybody involved like you just hear kids like ah like <laughs> and it's like a happy scream like kids are just horrified yeah they're, they're completely uh scarred for life because of this <laughs> strange slide so ralphie ends up in a feat of strength uh and determination after the elf puts him down the slide ralphie like climbs back up the slide to say no i remember what i wanted and he tells santa he wants the bb gun and Santa just uh, basically tells him, uh, kid, you'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> yeah, and then he kicks him in the face. To and literally forces Ralphie to kiss his foot. Yeah. Very, very strange, uh, this Santa. Yes. I, I mean, uh, probably the least convincing mall Santa I think I'd ever seen. The man seemed to be in his late 20s. Yes. Um, not, not particularly overweight. Uh, definitely uh, not a very convincing Santa at all. Yeah, so Santa <laughs> Santa then, um, it's funny because he says that I'm not working a minute past 9 o'clock. They could kiss my foot if they're going to do that. Yeah. And it's clearly 9 o'clock when Ralphie gets up there. But then Ralphie continues to like walk out of the store with his parents. And you see Santa up there. Now he's just like, you know, continuing <laughs> just to like, like the line is still moving. So he must just have been either Mr. Higby came out and read Santa the riot act and said, hey, Santa, if you want to keep your job, you better. You're sitting, you're working overtime, buddy. I'm not kissing your foot. Uh, you kiss my, you kiss my foot. I'm, I signed those checks, Santa, so get your act well, together. Well, you know what I actually figured out? It, it's got to be the elves' fault, right? Because 
they should have at least had the foresight to say at some point, it's like, oh, nope, nope, sorry, no more new people can get in line to see Santa. Santa is done now. Yes. And that would have been it. So, you know, they really dropped the ball on that. Who's the worst uh, Santa? The Santa at Higby Mall or, or at Higby's uh, store or Jesse Claus? Oh, oh Higby Santa, uh, <laughs> far and away. He's worse than Jesse Claus. I mean, yeah, the Jesse Claus was... Just a mild irritant uh, to to all. I, I don't think anybody really cared, uh, except for Jen, who couldn't eat anyway. So, <laughs> so yeah. All right. So uh, then we finally get to Christmas at long last, and it's Christmas morning at Ralphie's house. Uh, Ralphie seems especially impressed uh, with the snow when he wakes up on Christmas morning, uh, which I thought was odd considering there it's snowy the entire film. Yeah, um, that, that is pretty strange. He wakes um, up and he looks out his window and he's like, whoa. Yeah, uh, I mean. Uh, and it looks exactly the same as every other day in the movie. He's not the most observant uh, observant kid, though. So who knows? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. So we open up the pre- we start opening up presents on Christmas morning. And right. Ralphie's brother gets a Zeppelin. <laughs> and he's, right. He's beyond thrilled to get a, a Zeppelin. Yeah. You know, this is interesting. I was, uh, for one, unaware that the Zeppelin had wheels. Yes. So this one has huge wheels. I I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess that, that must have been quite the quite the gift. That must have been like the 1940s equivalent of the Tickle Me Elmo or something. I don't know. <laughs> what do you do with a toy Zeppelin? <laughs> I, I mean, you roll it around on the floor, I guess. I don't know. I mean, what? <laughs> I mean, why not just get the kid a balloon? I mean, because I, a zeppelin is not a fast-moving thing that you could like. If you got a toy airplane, you could be sort of like, oh, but is that like, oh, look, it's a, it's a blimp. <laughs> it's a very yeah, I, I, slow-moving I, object. I still find that pretty amusing. I, I guess like you just push it around on the ground really, really slowly. Yes, uh, and then Ralphie gets from uh, one of the ants. Uh, he gets a uh, a bunny costume. Uh, yes. Did did we miss a point earlier in the movie where uh, Ralphie uh, w- missed out on a chance to win the power of veto and instead got a bunny tard? <laughs> you know, I I actually uh, it did remind me a bit of, of uh, Zach in Big Brother Eight and uh, Kale. Uh, <laughs> who uh, ultimately was evicted in her bunny suit. Uh, it definitely reminded me of that, although I think that these ones were even more humiliating than the ones that Big Brother put out because they, not only was it a bunny suit, it was also bright pink, and it had little bunnies with cross googly eyes on it, on the feet. Yeah. So did Ralphie miss an opportunity to come downstairs and say, who wants to see my bunny tart? <laughs> yes, uh, I definitely think he did. Yes, if they remade Christmas Story, then they yes. would definitely uh, have that. Um, was there any symbolism to the present that Mom gets Dad of that she uh, drops a uh, the blue ball on his crotch? <laughs> yes, I I'm glad that you also noticed this because <laughs> I, I I was like a blue ball and it goes right on his crotch. Yeah, that that's definitely. See, see what I'm saying here? 
It's it's symbolism, Rob. He's not getting it, and he's not satisfied. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think that this really does tie into why Dad is so obsessed with the leg lamp yep. uh, and why Dad is just so ornery uh, that he gets a blue ball. Absolutely. She drops it on his crotch. Um, yes, I think that's definitely what the underlying theme, what's going on here in the Christmas story. Um, so after, you know, after a while, uh, then uh, there's one more gift that's hidden in the corner. Right. Which turns out to be the uh the gun. red the uh Red Rider 200 shot range model air rifle uh which Mr. Old Man Parker ends up coming through for Ralphie. Absolutely. So, and you know, I, I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, you know, you'd think he wouldn't be so mad about getting into a fight or saying the F word whenever he drops all of the uh, hardware when they need to fix their tire. You know, this is one of those things that really reinforces that uh, dad is a guy. Yeah. He's a guy's and guy. He's a guy's guy and he gets his kid a gun. So he gets, he gets the kid a gun and Ralphie go, uh, goes outside and attempts to uh, shoot the gun and and really as we mentioned earlier the very first time he shoots the gun what what ends up happening does the bullet does the bb bounce off of what ralphie is shooting it at yeah no yeah he it's the it ricochets off <laughs> whatever it was so i think it was like shooting at a metal sign on a attached to a swing set or yeah. something like that what are that? the chances what are the chances and, one shot i mean yeah, yeah i mean if you just aim directly at something it's going to bounce back at that angle. So, I mean, given, given, uh, yeah, pro- probably pretty decent, pretty decent chance, uh, <laughs> given the way he was shooting it. The first of probably many mishaps that'll happen with the BB gun. Yeah. I mean, uh, as long as he's wearing his glasses, pretty unlikely he'll put his eye out, but, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so meanwhile, um, mom on Christmas morning is working very hard on this turkey. And we find out that the dad basically is a, a huge turkey junkie. Yeah. And, <laughs> and now mom goes upstairs to tend to Ralphie. Now, I don't. Can you t- talk me through the logistics of what happened here with the dogs getting into the house? And because it seems like the. OK, so there's a kitchen door. Right. And apparently the door got left ajar. Right after Ralphie came in, and then Dad is in the living room, Correct. and now a a horde of dogs uh start walking past Dad to right. uh to go to the turkey. Now, was there right. a second door in the house that was also left open? Well, I noticed that there was a screen door, mm-hmm. uh, and that seemed to be broken. Yeah, so that's how the dogs got in. Was the yeah, but that's in the was... kitchen, right? So, I mean, I guess they must have run out of the house through some other exit, right? <laughs> I don't know. You would think that they would just all come in through the kitchen, eat the turkey, and leave through that same door. But apparently they're, they're also, yeah. uh, you know, roaming the house maybe also. Per- perhaps. So, um, yes. A- anyway, how about um, going back to you'll shoot your eye out. Now, do you think that this was just a sage warning from all the adults in the film? Or do you think it was a self-fulfilling prophecy? self-fulfilling prophecy right i mean it, it just it makes too much sense <laughs> yeah. i mean, I mean it, 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 they just told him it was going to happen over and over again so yeah 
Yeah. And now after the turkey is gone, now uh, we end up we go out to eat. We go out to the uh, Chop Suey Palace. Uh, and now I believe uh, was this uh, Aaron from Big Brother? This is her favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's actually one. Uh, I'm surprised that I mean, this movie was made in the 80s. I'm surprised I could even get away with it then. Yeah, not a very politically correct scene in the in the film, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely not. Definitely uh, Aaron and Jeremy's uh, favorite scene in the film. <laughs> per, perhaps they shared many many a laugh talking about the uh, the singing the carolers <laughs> in the Chop Suey Palace, uh, and then the movie ends. Oh, I feel like rather abruptly just on on Ralphie uh, sleeping in bed with the gun, which I kind of feel like is uh, sure to lead to another mishap eventually yeah uh, definitely yeah um all right so ian uh we got about like 20 minutes or so uh okay left uh i have sure. a lot of questions here from the listeners of rob has a podcast that came in uh right. so let's uh let's try to go to the questions and let's just try not to spend too long on any one answer okay okay all right uh sure. brendan noel wants to start off with uh what is the name of the lone ranger's nephew's horse <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> it's Victor. Everybody knows that. Every Victor. Oh. Victor. Um. All right. Uh. Dave Hunter, the great taboo buzzer, wants yes, to know. Yes. Um. He says his favorite line was "Randy laid there like a slug." It was his only defense. Uh. Is playing good a def- a good defensive strategy? And was Randy considered a floater? Well, I mean, he he clearly was just laying there like a slug with his. I mean, if he was in a pool, he would have floated along. So yeah, it's a good defensive strategy, sure. Now, actually, there's Can't a lot of lines, <laughs> a lot of lines like that that don't make any sense. I remember, like, whenever the fuse went out, he says that Dad could replace fuses quicker than a jackrabbit on a date. <laughs> yeah, what does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> why would a jackrabbit replace a fuse while on a date and furthermore why are jackrabbits going on dates yeah you would think that jackrabbits just uh mate that they don't even need right. to go on a date yeah i mean they're it, just, it's they're just you know humping their brains out jackrabbits exactly yeah i don't know yeah okay um also dave hunter wants to know how many of the bumpus hounds do you think brian Heideck could take out with a bow and arrow <laughs> oh man is that uh, what that the dad was, is hoping for with getting Ralphie the BB gun? Does he think that Ralphie that may might shoot? be it? <laughs> that might be it. You know, that's the thing. You got to hook Brian Heideck up with that family, and there will never be a turkey dinner uh, ravaged by the hounds ever again. Okay, Jeff McGinnis wants to know: uh, What did Ralphie go on to do with his life? Do we know what the adult Ralphie turned out to be? I saw somebody sent me some videos that Funny or Die did like some uh, parody videos. Oh of yeah, the adult I Ralphie. The, I didn't have the time to watch those. I'll check those out. I guess uh, I don't know. Maybe he becomes the sequin cowboy. Yeah. I, so you think that Ralphie goes on to uh, wear Don the sequin, uh, you know, rhinestone cowboy outfit and be some sort of maybe the cowboy in the village people? Perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> that might be it. OK, um, let's see. Uh, uh, Kenneth Gregory Jackson wants to know, uh, why not recap Elf? I actually really don't like Elf. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I, I just don't. I don't know. Uh, why not recap Elf? I don't know. I mean, it's 
I don't know, maybe next year. I have no we'll, idea. We'll see. I, I kind of feel we'll like see. Elf is is a comedy, and it's yeah. I, I find that's hard to like a, a movie that's a comedy. I feel like it's hard to do a movie podcast about, right? Other than say like, oh, wasn't it funny when the part when like uh you know we like right. to really uh, to use the words of Jeff Probst, you have to dig deep, and that's what we like to right. do on these movie yeah, podcasts. Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about it, like. Um, you know, we, we, it, you can't make fun of something that's already trying to make fun of other. Yeah. You know, you can't make. How, you know, how do you make fun of Austin Powers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Same idea. Uh, Jordy Robinson wants to know Ian Terry in the Home Alone yeah. movie cast. You kept saying how you really don't like the character of Kevin McAllister. Who was more annoying to you, Kevin McAllister or Ralphie from A Christmas Story? Uh, why do you think the leads of classic Christmas movies are always irritating children? Uh, who would you, who do you prefer, Ian? Uh, Kevin McAllister like, or Ralphie? I like, I like Kevin better. Yeah. <laughs> by by a mile. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, Patrick Retger wants to know, if you want a giant leg lamp, where would you put it? Um, let's see. Probably in uh, my family's living room. Um, the giant leg lamp also seems like something that you would win in the white elephant veto competition. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I'm surprised that, you know, given the house designs over the past few years, I'm surprised that it hasn't become a fixture in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Paul Allen wants to know, Ian, which big brother or survivor player do you think would have the best physique for their own leg lamp? That's a good question. Um, geez, who has had good legs? on big brother i don't know i'm not really a leg man myself actually um i don't know who is pretty attractive in uh recent years who would wear a stocking like that um that seems like oh geez who would um i don't know and a skirt (laughs) yeah let me think uh i'm trying to think from this past season of big brother hmm uh Seems like maybe Caitlyn or something. I don't know. Caitlyn? Uh, yeah. I-, I could see Amanda modeling for a leg oh, lamp also. no, yeah. That, yeah, no. <laughs> she would she'd wear the, that type of stocking, but I think that, yeah, that makes sense. What about Gina Marie? Maybe. By yeah, the way, I saw some pretty interesting pictures of her online <laughs> before the season started. Speaking of holidays, uh, did you see Gina Marie uh, singing Santa Baby holiday video this season? Uh, no, no, I really don't pay any attention to, to, to her. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she does. Uh, I, I just don't, I can't do it. Okay. Uh, Matthew Wojas wants to know, uh, where did Marissa Peterson hear the word that she said to Brad Culpepper and should Jer- Jervis have put Lux Palmolive or Life Boy in her mouth for saying it? <laughs> Uh, well, let's see. I, I think Jorvis would probably put in chat vodka. <laughs> now, is it chat with a uh, with a um, at symbol uh, for the A? Yeah. So, I mean, technically, it'd be like chat, t- right? <laughs> chat, right? <laughs> yeah. Chat. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, I think it would be that. Yeah. Uh, what- they probably heard it from. Uh, oh, right now. Can't do that one. Um, Rudy, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I got. We got to look more into. Uh, I, I have a feeling we'll be hearing more about chat vodka in yeah. 2014. Okay, so uh, 
how about from uh, Shannon Jeffries? He wants to know, uh, why were they only concerned with shooting his eye out? I mean, he's far more likely to shoot somebody else's eye out. You know, that's a good point. But, I mean, if he's if you say you'll shoot someone someone else's eye out, he's probably going to go into some weird fantasy where he's wearing sequins and he shoots a burglar's eye out, right? Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Uh, that's... I think he would view it as a positive. Yes. Um, Michael Grago says, uh, discuss the plot of the movie. I feel like a Christmas story is similar to Napoleon Dynamite, where there's barely a yeah. real overall story, but the movie itself is more a week in the life of the central character. Is that is that fair to say that it may uh, be false advertising to call this movie a Christmas story? Well, I mean, I think there is just one underlying plot and that it's he wants to get the gun. But as I said, like it's broken up into like these like 10 to 15 minute vignettes, right? Or however that word's pronounced. I don't yes. know. But, um, you know, it's really just like a collection of short stories. Yes. Rather than one long one. Yeah. It's more, it should be, it more, more likely be, should be called like Christmas stories. Right? <laughs> Christmas anthology. Yeah. It's not really like a, a single story by any means. Yes. Uh, Brendan Noel he uh, says that he was in Cleveland this summer and he went to Ralphie's house. Uh, yeah, so actually, it's, I think it's Cleveland uh, where the, the house is, not Chicago. Okay. Uh, yeah, I looked it up. The film is apparently set in Homan, Indiana. So uh, maybe it's not Chicago. Oh, okay. I thought it was, but evidently it's not. All right, so, all right, so the real house is in Cleveland. Uh, yep. A fan bought the house and renovated it to make it look like it was uh, the set from the movie, and they do a tour. Uh, he tried to get into the cabinet. Uh, this is Brendan Noel. Tried to get in the cabinet of uh, Dad's Gonna Kill Ralphie fame, but it was too small. Also, they have uh, a little museum and gift shop across the street, and the actor who played the guy who delivered the leg lamp was there signing DVDs. Uh, so, yeah, that's how that guy is doing. So, uh, okay. Ian, do you have any interest in visiting the Christmas Story house? Absolutely not. Um, I have no plans on going. I thought it was a, you know, it's uh, all right. It's a movie. Uh, <laughs> okay. How would, should they do a Christmas story reality show where people uh, live in the Christmas story house, like the big brother house? I mean, I guess that would be like what Gilligan's Island they had a few years ago where you try out to be a character. I don't know. It's gotta be seasonal, right? So you can only really have a few episodes. Right, no what, one's going to want to watch a Christmas story reality show in July. Alright, what do you think of, okay, what if TBS, what if me and you pitched mm-hmm. to TBS a uh, a Christmas story reality show? It's six episodes. We wire the Christmas story house with cameras. People live there. They compete in challenges like uh, BB gun shooting, uh, soap eating, mm-hmm. um, writing, writing themes, uh, what what do you think? Six episodes. Do you think people would watch the Christmas Story reality show? I think TBS would say no, and they would make more of the uh, uh, Bill Engvall show <laughs> and Medea. Okay. Um, Mario Lanza, he was very active on the Facebook page. Okay. Uh, he he's wants to know, is it true that Grover Dill grew up to be Russell Hance? I mean, think about it. Three feet tall, stupid hat, bully green teeth. Is that possible? Uh, were, were, uh, the bullies, uh, were they the, based on the Hance children? Um, you know, uh, that's actually a very interesting, uh, analogy. See, I don't see them uh, is is like that because i think russell 
did more than just stood and maniacally laughed at his victims. Like, I, I think he, he is a little bit more advanced in his tactics. Yeah. Okay. Um, also, uh, uh, Lisa Ferreira, uh, at mom of Kai on Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, famous for her Lego, uh, recreations. Uh, I wonder if she will ever do a, uh, a Christmas story Lego. Uh, that would probably be very popular. Uh, she wants to, know, uh, what do you think about Zach Ward, AKA Scott Ferkus taking up anti-bullying as a cause? And then she links to a news story where Scott Farkas is stepping up and speaking out against bullying. Um, you know, my first thought upon reading that is, uh, who's Scott Forkus? <laughs> and then I remember that it was the braces kid. Yes. Um, so, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess he's really using that star power to, you know, you know do something good. Yeah. Um, well, that is, that is good. That's very that's very good. Um, yeah. Adam Pock said, uh, oh, hells no. Rob Sesternino, this is a show you should be doing with me. It's my all-time favorite Christmas movie. In fact, it's one of my uh, eight all-time favorite anything movie. I watch it every year, 24 hours on TBS. Grrr. Huh. Okay. Well, there we, there we have it. Uh, I mean that's not really a question. <laughs> such an e- such eclectic taste from Adam Pock. He loves Tory Spelling. He loves bacon. bacon he loves Apple Teenies. A uh, Christmas story. He loves the Dallas Cowboys and yeah. uh, a Christmas story. And uh, is Adam Jewish also? Uh, he is. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so of course he is. Why wouldn't he love a Christmas story? <laughs> um that's funny yes all right so uh yeah adam pock it's expect the unexpected when it comes to what what are things that adam pock likes um and heavy metal that's of course right uh and i believe if you were to make the uh venn diagram of those things adam pock would be the only person in the center of the tory spelling apple teeny uh christmas story dallas cowboy heavy metal uh bacon uh diagram Probably, yes. Sure. Interesting taste. Sure. Uh, Mario Lanza also says, a last comment. Uh, He says, a fun little trivia note. Be sure to mention that the director of this film, Bob Clark, was not only responsible for the beloved holiday classic A Christmas Story. He was also responsible for the beloved teen boy masturbation classic Porky's. Uh, That's quite a resume. In fact, he also directed the movie Black Christmas in the early 70s, which a lot of people consider the first modern horror movie and even more influential than Halloween. So did you does this change anything for you to know that um, the director of this film also directed Porky's? I think I speak for all 22-year-olds when I say, what's Porky's? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that, if they remake anything, they should remake that movie. I'll, I'll have to look this up. I'm, I'm very curious now. Yes, a lot of the plot hinges on a peephole into the uh, girl's shower. I'm already fully interested. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, the, basically, I think about uh, 75% of the movie hinges on that there's a, a peephole into the girls' locker room. Um, oh, wow. Yes. Um, Michael Norris wants to know, Robin Ian, what was one present that for you as a kid uh, you wanted as badly as Ralphie wanted the BB gun, and did you get it? Oh, man. What was it that I wanted? Uh, it's got to be that Charizard card back when that was like the big thing. I, I think that every single kid in school wanted that thing more than anything Say it else. one more time. 
the Charizard card. Whenever the, Pokemon cards were real big, there was this one particular card that was amazing. The Sarzar card? I don't know. Charizard? It was like this Pokemon. Sarsgard? Charizard. Okay. <laughs> Never mind it. But it was this. Uh, it was a card, and every single kid wanted it. And I mean, every. That's all anyone would talk about. That was on the top of every single kid's list. And my brother and I wanted that so bad. So bad. We did get it. Yeah. But. And we were we had the jealousy of all of our friends. I think all two of them. <laughs> the one thing I, that comes to mind that I really, really wanted for Christmas was there was a thing called Mr. Game Show. And okay. it was basically it was almost like a Teddy Ruxpin. Do you know what that is? I don't. Okay, no. So it's like Teddy Ruxpin was like a talking teddy bear and you like you would like talk back okay. to you. Uh, Mr. Game Show was like a game show host that would like host like an interactive game show with you that was like somehow through cassette tapes. And I really, really wanted I really wanted Mr. Game Show and I didn't get it. I don't know if it was like because it was like uh, cost prohibitive or my parents couldn't find it. But that was the one thing that I re- that was one thing I really, really remember that I wanted and I did not get um, Very but, interesting. but my cousins got it and it turned out it was, they didn't even really like it that much. It wasn't that great, but it doesn't it, sound terribly interesting. Like having a, having a Jeff Probst doll around the house. Like, it, it explains a lot when you go back and, uh, and it, think it about really it. does. <laughs> uh, Jeff McGinnis, uh, wants to know, um, uh, what's up with goggles in the line to see Santa, the one who likes the wizard of Oz, uh, the tin man specifically. Um, yeah, we talked about that kid. He's uh, it was, that he kid was odd. just friggin' weird. He was friggin' weird. Uh, Megan Elizabeth wants to know: Are you surprised a local Indiana department store funded such an elaborate Santa setup with a full slide and everything? Yeah, again, that's why I was surprised to learn that it was set in a small Indiana town. I I watched the entire thing as if it was set in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Pearson wants to know: Ian, uh, ding, marry, kill, Mrs. Parker, Mrs. Shields, or the leg lamp. Uh, let's see here. Uh, ding. Uh, Mrs. Parker, kill Miss Shield. No, no, no. Damn it. Uh, okay, no. Ding the leg lamp, kill Miss Shields, marry Mrs. Parker. That is correct. That is absolutely, that is what old man Parker would do, and that is the correct answer to that question. Thank uh, you. Brian Rowley wants to know, uh, why do they call it oval teen? The mug is round, the jar is round, they should call it round teen. That's gold, <laughs> Ian. <laughs> Oh, um, thank you, Mr. Banya. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jeremiah Panhorst uh, wants to know, uh, Ian, were you terrified of Santa when you were a kid? Um, I, I, the Easter Bunny. Easter Bunny is scary. Petrified of the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Um, this uh, Richard uh, Duvalier wants to know, how long was it before Schwartz was able to comfortably sit down after the fateful call from Ralphie's mother? Oh, my God. Oh man! Uh, again, I, yeah, that, I remember. Uh, he's like, "Yes, three blocks away, Schwartz is getting his." Probably a few hours. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would think so. Uh, Patrick Retker wants to know if you want a giant leg lamp, where would you put it, Ian? My family's living room. I think we already said that. Okay, well, right? we'll cut, we'll cut that, we'll cut that one out. Uh, I'm just looking for if there's any other, uh, any other good questions. Let me, let me find one, one more. Um, okay. And um, Matt Devoli wants to know, how did your parents react the first time they heard you say fudge, Ian? Um, 
I think they were pretty pretty ticked off. I, I think uh, I remember saying some sort of swear word and and just being smacked in the face for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what about on the live feeds? Was there anything that your parents heard you say on the live feeds that they wanted to uh, wash your mouth out with soap when you got home? Oh, I remember that uh, a lot of people on sites would comment that I like I had a terrible mouth, and my parents were like, "People are always saying you swear too much." You know, it's just swear way too much. Uh, so, yeah, they definitely didn't like that. All right. Well, Ian, Terry, this was uh, a, a lot of fun. Hopefully, we yeah. uh, it, it was a fun walk down memory lane with the Christmas story. I very much look forward to uh, 15 years from now when we talk about Medea's Christmas uh, yeah. and all the Christmas memories we'll have in between. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Rob. All right. And everybody, please, uh, yeah, leave us your comments. Uh, it's always fun to laugh about. I'm sure there was a million things that we didn't get to talk about uh, in this movie podcast, but definitely uh, let us know in, in the comments. I love I love seeing that kind of stuff, and I think it's a lot of fun for everybody uh, involved. So share your own jokes and interesting observations from uh, Christmas Story. So, Ian, have a very have a very happy holidays. Yeah, absolutely. You too, Rob. And a and a happy new year. And uh, r- real quick before we go, uh, did you want before we get to uh, Miss Survivor? Uh, do you have any endorsements from 2013 that you would like to make? Oh, let's see. Um, I okay. I, you know, I think the the obvious answer here is Andrea. Um, so we'll say that. But you know, I think that sometimes we have more refined taste. And I am going to say Laura Alexander. That is my official. You love Laura Alexander. I think she's she's so cute. Come on, how can you not like her? Okay, That's her all. or Andrea. I, I I like Andrea too, but I think Laura Alexander is. Yeah, she's her. a sleeper this year, Laura Alexander. She no, she's just like so cute. How can you not like Laura? <laughs> all right, uh, Ian Terry, thank you so much. Follow. Although I, although maybe you know you got to look at my code. You got to go and uh, do the Rob. Oh, uh, Terry Club code. Right, we'll see if anybody can decode Ian's message. All right. Uh, follow Ian Terry on Twitter at Tulane Terry. Congratulations again on the graduation, Ian. And we'll talk to you again Thank soon. Thank you, Rob. Yep. Have a good one. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Ian Terry here on the Christmas Story Holiday Movie Cast. Uh, second year running with Ian Terry Holiday Movie Podcast. All right. So. We're not going to have too many more uh, podcasts along the way, so I'll let you guys know what else uh, may come up. Nicole and I are going to be visiting a family uh, very soon, so I don't know how exactly how much podcasting we're going to have over the Christmas week, but if I know me, something will come up. I'll think of something that I want to talk about, so I will have my recording equipment with me on the road to be able to post a podcast here or there. And then when we come back in January, it's going to be all systems go. We've got a big, big month planned uh, in January. So if you haven't listened to our happy holiday special, uh, check that out as well on robhasawebsite.com. And then also probably the first thing that we get back going will be the 25 questions podcast. Uh, We've been doing one of those about every six months. I like to do those every off season. So we'll have 25 questions. And of course, then I'm going to get ready for New Media Expo in January. So if I don't hear from you guys for whatever reason, I don't do another podcast. Have a very happy new year. Thanks for all the support in 2013. And uh, please, everybody, remember, if you're going to uh, get a BB gun, please do not shoot your eye out. That's our one thing that we want you guys. That's our uh, public service announcement for you guys. So have a great holiday for those of you guys celebrating. Have a very happy new year to everybody out there, and we'll talk to you again soon. Take care.